Blake. Cool. Good to be back in the studio back with you, man. Episode. As always, uh, summer is in upon us, and uh, you know it's a great time to be outside. And I guess if you like the humidity and the heat that we have here in <laughs> Alabama, but I know this time of year uh, that usually means big changes coming up in the real estate market. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about that. What's what's the current conditions of things going on? Hey, I, I saw an article from. Um, NAR, which is the National Association of Realtors, and said spring has sprung, but not for the real estate industry. Really? Okay. And it, uh, what, what it's alluding to is the numbers, and I, I think I've got the stat here, um, home sales receded 3.4% in April um, to a seasonally adjusted annual rate, 4.2 million sales. Sales fell 23% from one year ago. Um, but that is not due to a lack of demand. It's due to a lack of inventory. And so it's still the same problem we've been talking about for a couple of years now. Is there's just no inventory. And so because of that, um, house prices are still on the rise and sales year over year just from a number standpoint is lower because there's just nothing to buy. So it's still a seller's market. Mm-hmm. Uh, prices are still going up, but people are I guess, exploring alternatives, renting, or just yeah. getting out, you know, still living at home with mom and dad. I don't know. Yeah, we're seeing, seeing that average days on market um, month over month from uh, March to April from 29 down to 22. So things are selling quicker. Um, we're back in the market. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. We're back in the market of multiple offers. Some people are having to drop inspection contingencies and, and really kind of taking some risks as a buyer to, to be able to get a home. So, um now, yeah, did we, we see we, this? Is this new just to this time of year, or has it kind of been this way all of 2023? I mean, no, let's go back to January. Yeah. What, what was it looking like then? You know, not much activity. Uh, we've talked about, you know, my personal business, the, the first quarter of this year was probably the slowest I've had in, in two years. Um, the national data reflects that. Birmingham data reflects that as well. Is when, when rates jumped in October, everything kind of paused for a little bit. And then we hit a new normal. I mean, this past week, rates went back up to six, uh, roughly six and three quarter, which is high from mm-hmm. what we've experienced in the past couple of years. Yeah, three, you know, three right. percent, three and a half percent, something three like again. that. Yeah. Um, and so I think people are accepting that as a new normal, or people are just having to accept it because they say, "Hey, we waited six months, and we've got to move." Yeah. And so now they're entering a market that is just so competitive. It's it's hard to it's hard to get a house. Man, so yeah. do you have uh, – what are your clients telling you that are trying to, I guess, look in, and, and remind me, are you more in the helping people sell their home or helping people buy their home or just a, yeah. a mix of both? Uh, I do a little bit of both. You know, I've got the team that, that I've got some agents that just focus on the buyer side, but um, I'm, I'm kind of doing a little bit of both because it's it's so tough right now that I've, you know, I've kind of – I'm a little bit more hands-on on the buyer side than, than I have been in the past couple of years. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of prep work as a buyer that that I try to coach my clients to do to try to make yourself as attractive to a seller as possible. Okay. Right? And I know we've probably beat that into the ground, but if you could, yeah, yeah kind of lay that back out. If yeah. you are a buyer, uh, what are some things that you can do to increase your odds of, of maybe finding your dream home in this competitive yeah. market? Absolutely. So if you're a buyer looking to buy right now, number one, start with the bank right? Get pre-approved, know exactly what you can afford and exactly what you should be able, 
or what you should afford. So your max all in budget, baby. Right. I mean, two two different things, right? If a bank comes to you and says, "Yeah, we'll give you a million bucks, but you only want to spend twenty eight hundred dollars a month," well, that's not a million dollar purchase, right? That's probably closer to like a three hundred thousand dollar purchase or three fifty. And so, um, really having those numbers and sticking to them and being comfortable where you are, so when you go in and find a house and make an offer, you don't you don't go in just either without that knowledge or with the expectation of, oh, maybe I can push it to 380 or 390 or, oh, multiple offers, we got to go to 400. Well, let's have that conversation before we get into that emotional state of, you know, pushing that for the house and knowing that, hey, this this is above the budget that we talked about. So mm-hmm. really having that front-end meeting and setting that budget. Um, so the next thing is being ready to make offers. And so that is in the sense of we know what, what we're looking for. So it's, it's not, and again, this, this comes in a lot of our pre-meeting uh, with a buyer sitting down of, you know, you told me that you wanted to be within, you know, 20 minutes or 15 minutes of downtown Homewood because of your work and school and that's where you do life. But then you send me a house that's in Leeds, right? If you've changed the criteria, let's have that conversation. But if you just send it to me because it has a pool and it looks really cool, like, should we be going to look at that? And really kind of setting that criteria and expectations. And if we do go look at it, are you comfortable making an offer if it's exactly as advertised and what drew you to it? Because I don't want to get there, you fall in love with it and say, well, it's just too far away from Homewood, so we're not going to make an offer. Well, why, why are we here? a huge waste of time. Right, yeah. right. Well, yeah. and just knowing, like, so, so honing in on that criteria and knowing really exactly what, what we're looking for. Uh, another thing is if you've got a home to sell. Like, that's a big deal right now because if the bank says financially you have to sell to buy, we've got to write in the contract, this offer's contingent on your current home selling. And so what can we do to make sure that if in the small chance we actually get a seller to accept your offer that has that contingency, which is a huge if right now, it's very tough to do, but if so, we've got to get your home on market immediately. And so that doesn't mean, hey, if we get an offer accepted, then we start the process of, okay, well, what do we need to do? What do we need to fix? What do we need to stage? What do we, we're doing that before we even really go look at houses, right? Because we got to be able to be ready to pull the trigger on. We've got to get on market like the day that we get an offer accepted. Mm-hmm. And, and, we, and there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And so communicating that and making sure that that's understood and, and they're ready to go. Right. That's super important. Would, I, I guess it would be ill-advised. I mean, I guess every situation is different but yeah um it sounds like if you have a home that you need to get rid of before moving into a, a better situation or you know a different situation mm-hmm. uh, make sure you don't have you know go ahead and fix that guest bathroom that's been yeah. giving you problems for the past six months or whatever just make sure your home's kind of ready to go is what yeah I'm hearing. yeah well and and you know that's a part where where i come into play a little bit on the contracting side as well as the real estate side is you know, if we come in and I can tell you, hey, you can you can renovate this bathroom for $12,000 and based off the numbers and comps that I'm seeing and tell me if you agree as the seller, we can get an extra $25,000 out of this house. Mm-hmm. And so do you have the funds to do it? And if so, I recommend doing it. Or do you have or is, is that extra money important to you or is, is timing and, and ease of sale more important than the actual dollar amount? Yeah. So it's really kind of coming back to those goals, but being but a, being able to offer that service of here's kind of the general cost of what things are going to do, and and let's pair that with analyzing the market to see what's worth doing. Right. So, 
Man, uh, I, I'm, I don't know. I feel for anybody that's trying to buy a house right now in this current market. Um, is, does it always, I mean, maybe this year is, uh, you know, different than years prior, but it seems like in springtime, summertime, trying to buy a home, that's just the popular time for people to want to yeah. buy homes. I don't know. Historically, is there, it is, yeah. Is there anything that you could take away from that um, if someone has time on their side? Is there a better time of year that maybe they could look at purchasing a home that might not be as com- as competitive or is this just sort of the, i know we, we keep saying this is kind of the new normal yeah um especially with rates uh mm-hmm. i think uh um, maybe on one of the previous podcasts we talked about you're like if anybody's waiting for rates to change you're gonna be waiting a while yeah. you know um but would you advise anybody who's like maybe thinking about purchasing a home hey maybe wait until fall or anything mm-hmm. like that or is you have just as good a time trying to buy one now as you would in fall. Yeah, I don't think there's like a black and white answer. I think it depends okay. on the person's circumstance and their situation. Sure. Right, because if, if they've got a home that they're selling, well, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You're not going to get both, right? You're either going to, when you sell that house, if I do my job correctly, you're going to get arguably more than you should because of the market we're in. But on the flip side of that, you're going to have to turn around and go buy something. Buy a house at and probably and more than you'd want to spend. Maybe pay yeah. more than you want to or, or should. So. Uh, it kind of just depends on the situation. Now, if you're just a first-time home buyer, you don't have anything to sell, and you're just, hey, we've got to find something again, what's your timing? And if mm-hmm. you're flexible on time, then let's go through our pre-meeting, figure out exactly your, your situation from a financial timing standpoint, logistically, where do you want to be? And then let's just let's go look at stuff, mm-hmm. right? And let's make offers, and, and let's see. And then also, like, where do you want to be? What do you want to do? And again, kind of one of the services that that we've done before is, hey, you want to be in Avondale and you're looking for a three, one and a half and your budget's 270. Well, I happen to be flipping that house right now. Do you want to come look at it and yeah. see it before the market does? A little pitch there. Yeah. yeah I mean, a little, so yeah, like we, we, we can do that a little bit. It's I only, I don't flip a ton of houses. We've talked about, it's not the focus. Um, but I, I, that is kind of a second service that, um, sometimes we, we have an advantage over, you know, being other agents. So, yeah, well, with the state of the market being what it is now, um, uh, what is your team looking like these days, and, and what do they have going on, and, and kind of yeah. where is their focus, I guess? Yeah, so from the real estate standpoint, it's um, I guess really the biggest news is um, one of my assistants, and it got her real estate license to help show, so kind of like as a showing assistant, and then um, my other one's working on, on getting hers. And so that'll be helpful just from a um, – a, a service standpoint mm-hmm. so being able to say hey we, we've got to kind of divide and conquer or we, or we need or while we're under contract a client says hey i really needed to run by and measure the master bedroom to make sure my king bed fits right mm-hmm. and it's um i've got an inspection i've got to be at at that time but my assistant get the can team on help me. yeah so um, being able to provide that i think just helps out um provide, provide a better service to our clients so when things are crazy like this, or uh, it's a buyer's market, I guess, if that's the right way to yeah. spin seller's it. Market. Um, yeah. Seller's market. Yeah, sorry. Um, is that good for your team? Is that good for you guys being uh, on the other side of it and buying and selling real estate? What does that do for you guys from a professional standpoint? Um, Did I ask that I don't, correctly? I don't think we – well, let me answer and make sure I'm answering the right question. Okay. But I don't, I don't think this market's super healthy. I was about – okay, like expand on that. Yeah, you know? so um, – I don't think it's healthy in the standpoint of it's not sustainable. So we, we can't stay in this same state of low inventory indefinitely. 
or something's going to give, right? Mm-hmm. And and rates are what has have given, right? That's what give. And and next, I think we're going to see uh, prices give a little bit once inventory starts to kind of catch back up some. Because as in, inventory catches up, there's more supply. Demand should adjust down a little bit. And so now there won't be bidding wars. Now prices just won't be crazy all over the place. And why is that, that we have this such lack of inventory? Is This, this is nothing new. Um, yeah. You know, can we just not build homes fast enough in this country? And yeah, that's it. Because the builders took off 08 to 12, right? Mm. So we were four years behind at that standpoint. We just really, we haven't caught up. We just haven't caught up. Yeah, we just haven't caught up since then. Um, so that's it. Um, and on the sales side, you know, getting, getting ready, getting your house ready. I think it's great to do a pre-inspection and spend a couple hundred dollars with a home inspector to say, Hey, what are the items that are of concern here? And because I think that's going to help you sell. So if we can go and we list that house with a home inspection on the table that says, Hey, we, we just had this done. Here are some big issues that came up and here's where we fixed them then you may get buyers coming in saying, hey, I'll waive my inspection contingency because you've, you've shown me you took care of a lot of that. And that reduces the risk to our sellers of the deal not going through or the deal being renegotiated. Or so. if there is an issue that comes up and you're like, yeah, we know the foundation's crap. We're not fixing it. But at least now you know about it. Yeah, and we price it accordingly. And we price right? it accordingly. Yeah, yeah. so we know. And, and here are three quotes from different foundation people that it's, Fifteen thousand bucks to fix. Here are the comps that show that it's worth three hundred, and we priced we it at two eighty-five. Yeah. So, so, um, so I, I think that's good just to kind of get ahead of what's coming. And again, my my job's and I think it's reducing risk to the seller on getting to the closing table with the initial offer we get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when you uh, when you first started talking, I thought you were going to say uh, the market. I always thought that this time of year is when the market got a little got a little crazy, a frenzy going on, and yeah. Um, I, it seems like lately, I guess, you know, post COVID that's kind of been the way it is. And I've always, you know, not really knowing what the reason, the reasoning behind it. And I'm sure it's a complicated answer. It's just like, well, why can't we seem to catch up and why is there such a lack of inventory or are there just more people, more millennials buying homes, I guess. I don't know. You know, well, just, that's a big part of it is, is I guess our generation coming in, buying their first and second house. And that's mm-hmm. a huge wave of people. Yeah. coming through and, and we're starting to see kind of the baby boomer generation um i mean they're they're not quite at the retirement home age right mm-hmm. so they're not selling their homes yet they're still in them and so that's a huge generation you've got our big generation coming in and buying so there's just a lot of demand for those homes well what do you see uh let's, let's reach into the future a little bit next few months um do you see any big changes any big things coming down the pipe or is this just kind of something we have to get used to for the next few months yeah i think it's something we get used to um i'm i'm not super well versed on the the u.s hitting the debt ceiling and and all that change that's oh going man on yeah the i haven't talked about that yeah. um but i in again from the national association of realtors they mentioned in that same article um that we can post in the show notes but it was talking about how based off the results of what happens in the next couple of weeks we might see a rate hike again okay. um, and it said even maybe even up to eight percent Wow. Which is terrifying. Like, yeah, that is terrifying. Again, relative, historically, is not crazy, but based off what we've seen in the past couple of years, that's high. So, Okay, and you, uh, you're you referencing an article, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what article was this? And we will put a link for that. Yeah, but. so it's, um, it, it, was, it came out May 18th, National Association of Realtors, and it's just talking about the, the current national market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So uh, if we do hit that debt ceiling, rates could potentially go up to 8%. What's the highest you've ever seen in your career? And on the flip side, what's the lowest you've ever seen? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the lowest was, what, two years ago when people were getting like 2.8. 2.8. Just crazy, yeah. That's crazy. Um, I mean, the highest, because I've been in it 11 years. I have to go back and actually look at the stats. But, I mean, I I think probably when it, like, broke seven in the past six months Mm. is probably the highest I've seen. Wow. And so, yeah, if we're talking, again, I'd have to go back and look, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but we're talking about, you know, I'm, I'm 33. I've, I've done this since I came out of school. So if our generation or our, our age people have gone through buying their first house, now buying their second, maybe third house, and they're used to those sub five rates, their entire buying professional career yeah. or grown up career, then now going to eight is going to be like, whoa. Do you crazy. think the risk of the rate hike uh, due to the debt ceiling or whatever else is going on in Congress um, is that just going to add fuel to the fire? People trying to hurry up and, and buy a home um, quicker? I mean, how does that affect um, the market? I don't know. Because it's so unknown on what's going to happen, um, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to really okay. give an educated answer on that. But um, it, I think what we may see if they do go up to eight is prices coming down um, more quicker or more significant than they, they currently are, which they're really not coming down that much now. Mm. Um, but I, I think we may may see a little another slow, kind of like we saw, again, last October when, when they spiked from, you know, four to six, everything kind of slowed for a minute. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, what's going to happen? Let's just hold tight. We, we may see that again, um, or we may not, or people may just come in and say, hey, I need a house. Yeah. So. Well, if anybody out there is listening, don't panic. Uh, call up my buddy Blake. Uh, you have the best chance of finding your dream home, dream home with him and his team uh, than anybody I know. So. Well, thank you. Well, and, and let's think about it. it. Comes back. I don't think there's a black and white answer to everything. It comes back to your sure. Personal it's situational, goals, yeah. right? So if if you're planning on being this house just for the next two years, maybe don't buy at an eight percent rate. Maybe that's that's not the best idea. But mm-hmm. if it's a 10, 15 year house for you then the chances that you could probably refinance that down less than eight in the next five years is it's probably pretty high. Mm-hmm. And so let's run the numbers and see like, Hey, does it fit your monthly budget at an 8% for what amount of dollars? And, and that gives us kind of a purchase price to go towards. And then as long as we can get the house you want in the budget you want, I'm, I'm not going to say the interest rate is irrelevant, but it's a little less irrelevant than if you're selling the house in just a couple of years. Yeah. I guess there's some rules at play on like, what's acceptable and what isn't. All right, so um, besides that, what else is going on in the market? You mentioned a couple articles before we got started that were mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Um, um, what else is, is happening yeah. in the world? In, in that same article, I found this interesting, but um, all, all cash sales accounted for 28% of transactions in April, and it was 27% in March and 26% March of last year. So that's made up a lot of individual investors, second home buyers that, that made up about 17% of all home sales in, in April and in May. But, um, and this was interesting, distressed sales, foreclosures, and short sales only represented 1% of all the sales in April. Um, but starting with that first point, all cash, I mean, you've got 28%, I mean, almost a third of all transactions being done in April were cash. And is that so, nationwide or is that just in nationwide. our market? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole market. So. I mean, put that in perspective, if you're a buyer going out that, you know, a first-time home buyer that's budgets $300,000 and you're getting it financed, like, it's really, really hard to be competitive. Sure. Really hard to be competitive with cash. 
who are these cash buyers? Well, so 17% of them are individual investors or second home buyers, right? Okay. So it's, it's you buying a, a lake house to Airbnb, right? Gotcha. Or it's, it's me buying a house in Avondale to flip if, if I'm using cash, right? And that's, which I'm not, but like if I, there's a lot of investors that are. And so, and so just, you know, for my simple brain, when you say an all cash purchase, does that literally mean that they're walking up, they're not backed by any kind of financial institution, they got money in hand, yep. let's buy this just like I'm buying a soda yep. or anything There's else. There's $300,000 in their bank account, they wire it to the attorney, and, and they buy Boom, it. Boom, mine. Yeah. Wow, man, what must that be like? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so if you're competing with that. That's hard a, to. It's hard. But really as a hard. seller, why is that more attractive? Well, it's less risk. So um, you don't, it's not going to get appraised. So the bank doesn't have to give their check mark or stamp of approval on the value of the contract. Okay. So if someone was buying a $300,000 house and the bank appraised it for two fifty, then that buyer has the right to either back out of the contract or renegotiate the sales price. Gotcha. And so to a seller, if, if it's a cash deal that doesn't have that risk, then it's... Cash deals like, are just simpler, I guess. They're simpler. They also, you don't have to worry about the buyer being approved for that financing mm -hmm. or the buyer the day before closing losing their job and then not being able to get financed. And now everything that and you've been doing is close. just falling through yep. and you've had other offers that maybe they've gone yeah. on and done something yeah, else. Yeah, cash so. is cash. I had, um, there's one listing that closes next month that we're um, under contract for. We got three offers. The highest offer was right at 70000 over list price all cash and they wrote a personal check not you so their earnest money their earnest money is normal it's part of the transaction usually it's one percent of the sales price it goes to the closing attorney or the listing office right it's made out to arc realty or heights title um, and it's part of the transaction it's just like hey i'm serious about buying the house here's a little bit of money up front but it doesn't go to the seller sure this transaction seventy thousand over list price they wrote a twenty thousand dollar check directly to my seller and said Bob Smith here and, you go yeah and it says in the contract if for any reason this buyer backs out of the contract period the sellers get to keep the twenty thousand dollars go cash it today and I was like holy cow like I've never don't seen see that, that very often I've never seen that I'm like that is just wild so like the risk so obviously we took that that offer the risk risk to my seller is so low like it wasn't contingent on inspection it was cash as is we'll take it close whenever y'all want to close i mean the the risk to my seller is just next to zero yeah all right so cash is king baby. cash is king yeah yep. well that is wild um I'm, I'm glad i'm not trying to buy my first home <laughs> right now uh you know uh it's hard to compete with cash or, or you know someone out that makes an offer like that here's twenty thousand dollars that even if i back out you can just keep it yeah um is there anything i don't know uh I just feel for, I know, you know, going back, and I've told you this story, um, we were very fortunate to buy where we bought uh, the area of town that I live in now, which I guess it's true anywhere across the state nowadays, it mm -hmm. sounds like, but, um, you know, we're over in Avondale, which is kind of a, uh, an up-and-coming area, it has been for about the past 10 years, and the house that we looked at was on the market for 11 days, and uh, we had multiple offers. There were multiple multiple offers on the home, and by some miracle, they chose us. We, we were able to get the financing, you know, straightened away. Um, we weren't working with you, uh, <laughs> but our realtor did a great job, and we're very thankful to be where we are. But just what we had to deal with, man, it was a roller coaster. You know what I mean? There was another house previous to that that we looked at that. Um, 
I think had been on the market, you know, at the time for like a week. They hadn't had any offers. The day we put our offer in, two other offers come in, and the seller went with somebody else. And so my wife was just crushed, yeah. which in hindsight, it worked out yeah. um, because it needed some work. But I can only, I just, I feel for anybody that's out there trying to purchase a home right now and competing with those cash offers, or yeah. especially in the market that we're in. Um, kind of changing gears a little bit, though. Uh, being in the construction world and, and doing all the stuff that you do behind the scenes, uh, what are some things that people could get there? You know, summer's right around the corner, home maintenance. Um, I know I need to get my air conditioner inspected, I'm sure. Uh, what are some things that people can be doing, uh, maybe if they're getting ready to sell their home or just general maintenance uh, on their home to maybe keep their bills down a little yeah. bit? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely some some general maintenance that – if ignored can lead to bigger problems. So uh, HVAC service, that, that's a big one. Do that twice a year. Your outside condenser, your air conditioning part of it in the spring and then and heat in the fall. Um, and another thing, so a lot of people have a, um, a condensate pump. So when you run your air conditioner, it, it sweats and creates condensation. And if it, if, if it's not near, if it's not like a gravity fed, just drain outside, then a lot of times, like I, I in my house, I've got this little pump and it pumps the water all the way to the outside. When water just sits in there, especially over the winter, it can it can just mold and kind of get clogged up. Clogged up, yeah. So a good thing to do, I mean, really recommendations once a month, but I, I'm not good at it. Usually once or twice a year, I'll pour bleach in there and just kind of run it through and mm -hmm. just let it clean the lines a little bit. That's important because if that backs up, a lot of times, luckily ours is in the basement and it's unfinished, but a lot of times those can be in the attic. And yeah. if that backs up, you've got water coming through your ceiling. So it can lead to a big problem, but it's super easy to do. So bleach in the condensate pump. Is a pretty quick and easy one. Um, check your fire detector, your smoke detectors, your carbon monoxide detectors. Um, we've had some crazy storms this past week, and actually, I was um, grabbing a drink with a buddy of mine who's a retired firefighter, and he lives um, over by 280. And two doors down, he, he's in townhomes. Two doors down from his, got hit by lightning and caught fire. One, oh this man! Past week. Yeah, and. Um, it's just crazy. I mean, it was the middle of the day. He wasn't there. Like, it, it didn't come over to his unit, so he was fine. But, I mean, just think we've had, again, crazy storms this week. What if that was in the middle of the night? It was two doors down, so he it didn't wake him up, and smoke comes over. You know, so yeah. having those things, just get batteries in there, make sure they're working correctly. That's things we should all do that we just ignore. Yeah, and so yeah. it's a good, hey, springtime, here's my checklist. Here's what to go through. Um, a lot of rain in the in the cold. They're season. weed eating, by the way. Anybody that's uh, listening right now, yeah. so uh, we for, background forgive noise. us. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna keep on going. So, um, a lot of rain in the in the cold season. So walking around your house, if you have wood siding, soffits, fascia board, just check it, make sure it didn't rot. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of those you, you'll see before rot happens, either the paint start to fade or the caulk lines. Um, just kind of split. start peeling off or yeah whatever. um and same thing with your windows the, the caulk around them it's always good once a year to go through with the tube of caulk clear or white and just go through and just hit all those spots right it's just going to yeah. stop water from penetrating where it doesn't need to go and then lead to bigger problems yeah um, so that's a big one um clean your gutters that's clean, clean that's, your gutters. that's a big one for me yeah. uh, we uh, we have a giant oak tree in front of our house and it's uh I'm convinced that oak trees were put here by the devil himself um, <laughs> because they shed like four times a year, yeah. just about, you, not only in the fall, but also in the springtime, they drop like uh, these pollen pods, yep. and they're like 
especially when they get wet, they're like micro wet mops and they just <laughs> clog everything. They stain yep. your sidewalks um, and just apart from all the other trash that they drop. So that's something I try to keep up with yeah. because I can always tell when my gutters are clogged, if we get a big rain, it just starts rain, you know, water falling yeah. down the side of the house. Yep. And I'm just like, dang it. And I feel like I stay on top of it a lot more than you know, not to throw my neighbors under the bus, yeah. but I have a couple of neighbors on my street where it's like, I know y'all's gutters haven't been cleaned in yeah. years. <laughs> and I can only imagine, I, I can imagine that does a lot of damage, not yeah. only to the foundation, but also to the home. Yeah, you know, it can, especially, proper... yeah. And, and another thing to do is just kind of check the grading and your, and your water flow and drainage around the house. So mm -hmm. if you, if they are clogged and you've got a waterfall coming off in a spot that is graded kind of at your house, you know, that can lead to, to water problems. Definitely. Down, in, in, you know, a finished basement, which a foundation company and waterproofing company is going to tell you it's, I had a quote last week for a client, it's $25,000. Wow. So we're going to fix gutters and regrade the exterior and potentially fix that for like 2,500 bucks. Right. Yeah. So there are ways around that, but like you, the, the person who doesn't know those things, they've got a $25,000 problem on their hand just because they didn't clean their gutters. Mm -hmm. Right. So definitely can lead to bigger issues, but um, that's a pretty simple thing. Uh, next, if you've got an irrigation system, check it, make sure your pipes didn't freeze. We had some crazy low, multiple low cold days, low temperature days this winter. Um, so you could have a lot of frozen pipes in your irrigation. So check those for leaks because that could run your water bill up. Um, and then in addition to that, this happened to my house, but those like, we had two or three days in a row that it just didn't get above like 25 and it just killed a lot of my bushes. Really? Yeah, so that, that's more of an aesthetic thing. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of same thing with pressure washing your driveway. It doesn't, uh, it improves the look of your house, maybe the value of your house because it looks better, but from a um, damage standpoint, it doesn't really damage anything. Sure. Um, but that's just good to do to have a good looking house. Yeah. So stay on top of the general maintenance. Yeah, yeah. general maintenance. So, uh, and that's it. You knock those things out. You should avoid most of the big issues, but um, Okay. Well, it's always good to catch up, man, and, and uh, we'll see how the summertime goes for you guys. I'm sure you guys will be super busy and uh, always great to kind of hear what's happening and, and gives me some, you know, iron sharpens iron, some things. I need, yeah. I need to go home and, like, you know, check out <laughs> my AC, <laughs> you know, rake out all the leaves that have just gathered all around it and yeah. all that stuff. So, yeah, uh, well, good catching up, man. Cool. Until next time. See ya.